if the assumption is that you're a long-lasting independent separate entity like this statement here. When a man realizes he is neither the doer nor the enjoyer, the ripples of his mind are stilled. Yeah? So obviously the why the, the mind is all these agitated ripples is because there's the belief he's the doer and the enjoyer. Yeah? So why not just tell the truth that you're not the doer and the enjoyer, that's the realization, and then the mind gets stilled. But the fact is the mind's been stilled all along. It's just the idea of being a doer and an enjoyer is agitated. Yeah? So the idea dances over the surface of the mind. Our attention and interest is on the dance that's going on the surface and we don't get the sense of stillness. So by negating the activity of mind, you see the stillness of mind. Yeah? And all activity comes from the sense of being the doer. Yeah? The one who is the active one is really the basis of all activity. Yeah? So we're not going to stop activity. That would be crazy. Activity goes on. But question, is there a doer of it? Yeah? If there isn't a doer of it, the activity can go on, but it won't produce... Uh, like, your interest and attention won't be on the activity as much, and so you'll have a sense of the stillness while there's activity. Yeah? Instead of, when you take yourself to be the actor, then your mind is usually gravitated towards all the activity. Yeah? What it's going to mean to you, what you did, what they did, this and that. But if you're not that, then the same mind that seems to be attentive to activity will reflect the stillness. Yeah. Yeah. So, this is, uh, this is an old thing from a long time ago, supposedly. Ashtavakra Gita. It's a dialogue between two guys. King Janaka and this dude, <coughs> who they call, he had a certain name because he was a cripple. He was disfigured, yeah? And then, so Janaka got this little bug up his butt that he wanted to know the truth. So he brought all these spiritual masters to his place, supposedly, and he questioned them to see which one seemed the most authentic. And some of them could do all these magical things. And then this crippled little deformed character came in. But that was the one for him. So the guy says, well, leave this freaking kingdom and come into the forest with me. And then you have this little dialogue, yeah? So the dialogue goes like this. The self. So this is the king. He goes, oh, tell me how to find detachment, wisdom, and freedom. Child, if you wish to be free, shun the, the, the poison of the senses. Seek the nectar of truth, of love and forgiveness, simplicity and happiness. Earth, fire and winter, the wind and the sky, you are none of these. If you wish to be free, know you are the self, meaning the large self, yeah, the universal aspect of mind. The witness of all these, the heart of awareness. Now, the other day I was talking with a guy who is having that experience of there's going, things are going on and then there's the observing of the things that are going on. And he, so his sense was he was the observer of those things going on, yeah? But that observer isn't an objective observer, is it? It's sort of biased, it's sort of critical, judgmental, has a certain peculiar point of view, could be incriminating, you know what I mean, belittling. And so, with all that different characteristics, that's not you, yeah? So the observer, and in that sense, the observed are the same thing. They're both selfing. You know? They're just an activity of mind. So there is no observer of the content of mind. The feeling of being the observer of the content of mind is part of the content of mind. There's the seeing of mind, but that's not observing. It's not in a peculiar position. It's all there. It's always everywhere. Yeah. It has a different feeling than than observing. Yeah. So the observing is like a preconceived idea that has a lot of opinions, yes? So it has that still feeling of right and wrong, yes and no, good and bad. And so it's discriminating in a very skewed way what it's watching and it's calling it's you. You're watching the mind drive you crazy. But who is the you that's being driven crazy? It takes, a, takes an opinion that it's not of what's driving itself crazy, yeah? So if I could only get rid of this, then I wouldn't be driven crazy. Yeah? But the fact is, you can't get rid of this with this. With, see, if this is in place, therefore that seems so. Yeah? So to get into all the content of that and wish to try to uh, diminish its effects is really pointless. Just go to the this. If you're not the this, then the that has a whole different meaning. 
If that seems to be driving you crazy, the real why it has the ability to drive you crazy is not it, but the you. Yeah? The you is what gives it the ability to be driven crazy, not what's happening in the head. Because why is the same stuff could be happening on a Monday, and if you're feeling pretty good, it doesn't seem to drive you crazy, does it? The same stuff in your head on Tuesday, if you don't seem to be doing good, it seems to really drive you crazy. So it doesn't have the quality to be able to drive you crazy. It's the you yeah, that has the quality to be driven crazy. Yeah? And it goes fluctuates. Some days it's not driven crazy, some days it is. It's on a very unstable foundation, yeah? That it's being swayed by circumstances and situations, and but it doesn't believe so. It believes it's a separate island unto itself that has its own characteristic. That I'm actually a really nice person, let's say. I'm really solid, and I'm all about love, yeah? So when I act out and I'm vindictive and spit on people, but you, understand, you don't understand, I'm all about love. But you're not all about love. You're about love and hate in that point. Yeah, you're a mixture of both. You've got both sides of the of the uh, concoction going on, yes? Yeah, 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 yeah. So, to try to sort of swing it only to this one side is pointless. We've done it, right? Hasn't it? It's, it doesn't matter because it's like a seesaw. The whole activity of the seesaw isn't based on the seesaw. It has to rest on a point, yeah? The point is the sense of being you. You give it its axis, yeah? And then... We're thinking we're a stable thing, but we're part of the whole mechanism, what we're taking ourselves to be. We're not an observer of the mechanism. Yeah? Obser- observation of the mechanism is part of the mechanism. You know, where self can't get out of self, there's no point where there's a solid you that's observing everything other than itself. Yeah? There's just seeing that there is no you. When there's seeing there is no you, then the movement doesn't have the effect it used to have because it's not the movement that has the effect. It what it's the idea that what the movement the movement is doing something to a you that it shouldn't be doing, yeah, is what gives it its power. Yeah. It's like the Course said it very simply. You and I are the dreamer of the dream. Yeah? We've given everything we've dreamt all the power to affect us. How did we do that? Because we forgot that we're the dreamer of the dream. Yeah? So we're the dreamer of the dream, we forget that we're the dreamer of the dream, and we give everything that we've dreamt all the power to affect us. So we're giving all these things, the qualities, to have the ability to affect us. But what we are can't be affected by it. Only the dreamt object can be affected by the dreamt objects. Yeah? In a realm of dreamt objects that seem to have a lot of effects and a lot of power, their power and effect can only be applied to another dreamt object. In other words, in this situation, if I hit this wall, it hurts like hell, yeah? Because this is a sort of a dreamt object, and it's a solid dreamt object, because this is inferred to be solid, yeah? But now, look, turn to the space of this room. Are you going to hit that space? Can you grab this space? Can you strangle this space? Can you actually blame this space? This was the space that was here last week. You know, when I was having a good time. This is the same fucking space. It's been following me for years now. Every time shit hits the fan, it's this space. I can tell it, you know? No, so space is just an open... Uh, like a skylight quality. Yeah? It has the ability to allow everything to arise in it, but it's not affected by what's arising in it. Yeah? It's not affected by what's arising in it. So, for there to be an effect here, there has to be a you to be affected. For an effect to have an effect, there has to be a you to be affected. If there is no you, in a sense, there is no effect. So, let's say if the mind starts coming out of that idea of being a self, the effects will do what? They'll diminish. Not because you've weakened them, but you've weakened the sense of the object that they're having effects on. Yeah? It's not about, oh, I've got a, I'm a master of weakening all these effects. No, I've a ma- I'm a master because I see what they're affecting isn't so. Yeah? So obviously, my experience here changes dramatically 
what it can look slowly, but it will turn into a statement that you'll be traveling later. Yeah? Because now, the effects of thoughts, which are objects, yeah? the effects of feelings, which are objectified or conceptualized, all of these things will start losing their effect on you. Yeah? Because there won't be the, you won't be feeling that you're the you that they have effects on. Because the only effects they can have on is the is the power you've given them. Yeah, you've dreamt them. You've dreamt their qualities. It's like that story with the drum tiger. You're scared shit of a drum tiger. Just an innate feeling, you know. It's like seeing a shark in the water. You're scared, right? That's what happens. A natural consequence when you see a, a very threatening animal that you can't talk to. You know, what I mean? you're not going to sort of. Oh please, Mr. Tiger, let, let's let's have let's reason this situation out. It's ri- driven by a force, you know, that is not going to listen to your little story. Now you can read books how you should get, like tigers and this and that, and when you the next shark you see in the water, pet the shark, or whatever, be nice to the shark. But the shark's a shark; it's probably going to bite you if it's hungry. Yeah? What? And you can read tons of books and all this. But as long as you're taking yourself to be the dreamt object, there's going to be an innate fear of that other dreamt object. Because it, it has power over you. It has. No matter how much you gap and say, I'm not the one that's going to attack, there's a belief you are the one that's going to attack. You can do 8,000 million affirmations and you'll probably not get much relief. But what would happen if you're not the dreamt object? <laughs> if you're not the dreamt object then the quality of the dream tiger changes dramatically. Yeah? It's like when you wake up from a dream, you're usually not scared of what you were scared of in the dream, are you? Yeah? Because you wake up out of it. So the fear that seems so real, or the threat that seems so real in the dream, may seem real when you first wake up, but it diminishes very quickly, doesn't it? Because things dawn on you that, hey, I'm not there. It actually didn't happen. That's sort of what it's like every day. It's almost like you review the day and it actually didn't happen. You know, all the pantomime was really all about nothing. Really, literally. And so every day, (laughs) it's sort of like something happens and it just falls off a cliff behind you. It doesn't have any staying power. In other words, it's more more like fog drifting over a... a place, not a weather front, you know, threatening big storms. It's just like fog moving over a landscape. As you're seeing, things happen and you call it Monday. Things happen, you call it Tuesday. Things happen, you call it Wednesday. Then you have a big story about what's happened for 40, 50 years. But it's just a fog in a way. It just goes on and on. But what doesn't move is the space that fog is appearing in, yeah? What doesn't move out of the picture is the context of the picture or the background of the picture. Just like you can show, you can have a movie theater and show 365 different movies a day, every day of a year, and yet the screen's the same. The screen is exactly the same. And who claps for the screen after the movie's over? It's a the screen doesn't get wet if it's a thunderstorm movie. No, it doesn't get cut open if it's Pearl Harbor. It doesn't show any effects, yet it allows the movie to appear, yeah? Doesn't that boomerang your mind out, out somewhere? <laughs> For me, it does. I'm just like, whoa! You know what I mean? <laughs> It just blows my mind. <laughs> I love when Ramana Maharshi said, all right, a lot of people get into this place. They're looking at the movie of life and they see it's unreal. Yeah, they're very clear about it. This is unreal. Nothing's really happening. This and that. But they don't get that. They're taking themselves to be real, you know, being the real observer in the auditorium seat. And Ramana would say, the circle's bigger. You feeling that is also not real. In other words, self is never going to get out of self to observe what's happened to self. <laughs> it can't go. It's, it's the living fence post. It can never get off the banana, you know, the, whatever that place was called. Ponderosa. Because wherever you are is the fence post. 
in the sense of you is the defining defining boundary. (laughs) And there's no point where you're going to get over on the other side of the fence post and then get a real clear picture. Oh, so that's what I was. You know, you can get it all at once, or you can see it and maybe have 50 different experiences, but they'll all have the same principle, self can't get out of self. So, usually if it's seen, it produces a relaxation, because that engine of seeking drops a couple of, uh, like, uh, revolutions per minute, yeah? Like, the engine isn't revving so much anymore, because you realize the purposelessness of the journey, yeah? Which is actually freedom, in a sense. If you see that the journey isn't really going anywhere... Yeah, you may enjoy exactly where you are. It's when you think it's going somewhere. It's usually like time gets really invested in. When can I get there? I got to get there as soon as possible. And you're not really attending to all the scenery you're going by because there's a goal or a purpose. When I get there, that's going to be the moment. That's going to be. That's going to make all these other moments of not getting there somewhat okay. Yeah. But when what happens when you get to that mythical there, it turns into a here, doesn't it? When you, when you plan, oh, this is going to be great. You know, I do that little thing about the couch, yeah? You, you look, you know, you hang, you're in your little apartment, everything's fine. Enjoying, let's say, Saturday morning. And then you open up a magazine, has a nice full-page picture of a couch, and then your mind gets this idea, she's... Yeah, what would my life be with a couch? You know, yes, I don't have a couch. I'm couchless right now. And I look around, and now I'm looking around, and I'm unhappy with my situation because I've been, my mind's come up with this idea. Look at this beautiful couch, and my mind's running with the idea. Well, you know, I bet you I'd meet a girl if I had a couch, and I'd bring her home from the club, and maybe we con- we would conceive our first child on that couch, and then uh, my whole life would spring out of this couch. Every moment I'm getting excited about that couch, when the mind looks and sees there isn't one, what happens? It's incredibly disappointed. And it's basically saying no to what's happening, and yes to what's not happening. Yeah? This is like you've already went, the mind has already applied for the visa to the mental realm of what's not happening. <laughs> Where hopes and expectations loom large. <laughs> So now, so I, it's out place. Oh yeah, I'm going to try, I'm going to work hard to get this couch. So I have a purpose. I'm into calling up my friends. Hey, do you have a couch? And I said, why didn't you tell me you had a couch? Is it really as good as I think it was? And they go, no, it's all right. You know, don't lie to me. No, it's okay. It'll be nice. It'll be a nice addition. And then you start really working towards it. And so you have a couch party and you got the couch ordered and waiting and no one shows up, you know, because they have a couch. <laughs> it's not a big deal. <laughs> They're going through a divorce with the woman they conceived their first child on the couch. <laughs> They're sort of over the couch, you know what I mean? It didn't turn out as great as they thought it would be. So so I have enough space, I've cleaned it and they bring the couch in. And it's really nice to sit down. You know, it's comfortable. Got big TV, I think. And yet, uh, my mind, he gets all fun for that. And then it starts looking around the room, and it says, geez, I need a matching lamp. <laughs> so, this mythical there, which is actually the way the mind denies here, gets arrived at. As soon as you arrive there, it becomes a here, and is replaced with another there. Yeah? That's what happens. We live as if we're on a pond, like a frog, jumping from a lily pad to another lily pad. But we never get out of the pond. Yeah? A lot of jumping, but no escape. Yeah? We, this here, no good. Fairy princess, you know, money, jobs. That there. Ooh, just like the heroes before. But you can't really accept that. The mind won't accept that. It just gives you another there. Yeah? It gives you another formula that you, it, it just promises you that you'll work, that'll work. But I lived a life where I tried about 60 of those formulas. After 60, I gave up hope that number 80 was going to work. <laughs> I mean, I just realized the system is a failed system. And looking back on it, I saw how it used this activity to deny this activity. And that activity is pure mental. This activity at least is happening. Yeah? 
It has a quality that all this shit doesn't have, which is actually is appearing. Yeah. That couch hasn't appeared, has it? It's a thing I want later on. But right now it's happening. It has that one quality. When the mind starts getting out of the self as the self, it just naturally starts attending to here because it's here. <laughs> There's no you should really be here. Why? Well, because it's here. This makes this very dog shit level logic. It's not a big mythical, mystical or spiritual thing. It's just like, this is happening. And then you have the ability to recognize what's not happening. Yeah? You see it as thoughts that are happening, but what they're conveying or the picture they're painting is not happening. Yeah? You're not, you don't have cancer next week. Yeah? Your boy girlfriend isn't sleeping with your best friend next Friday. It may happen, but it's not happening now. Yeah? None of this is going on, except in the, this little mind stream. And what happens is, when it's, we believe it's about us, that's enough to get our attention and interest to leave here and go into this little mind tunnel. Yeah? And so you're here now, seemingly, but the mind is calling... <sighs> sucking back here, sucking back there. And what enlivens or enslaves your life is attention and interest, really. If your attention and interest is in the mental realm of there and then, it's going to produce that agitation. There'll be no stillness. When it isn't, there will be. You can see, oh, so that's why I'm agitated. It's obvious, like he just said. When there's the enjoyer and the doer, the mind is in agitation. So what obviously is the logic that if you're not the enjoyer and doer, the mind will be still. Yeah? So you look seemingly at the problem, and there and the reflection in the problem is the solution. You see it. It's not from the problem, but it reflects the solution. Because usually the problem is the presence of the seeming absence of the solution. Yeah? When the solution is seemingly absent, then the quote-unquote problems have the ability to appear. It's sort of like what can happen in darkness can happen in light, in a sense, yeah? Like if this room, if it was nighttime and this room was dark, all these different things would arise in that darkness, yeah? We, couldn't, we wouldn't be able to see where the door was. I may run into Tommy. I wouldn't even know who I was running into. Run into Tommy, hurt, step on someone's toes, knock the coffee down... You know, I wouldn't know where the bathroom is or how to get there. All these problems would ensue based on the darkness. What we do is we try to hunker down in the darkness. We try to get knee pads so when we bump into someone it won't hurt so much. Then some entrepreneurial type starts selling maps to where the bathroom is. And he swears that he knew a guy that knew a guy that once saw it, you know, like 2,000 years ago. And if he did this, this, and this, and this, he'll get there, you know. And in this darkness, we can't see, so we live by what? Hope, yeah? We live by hope and skepticism and all these little mental attributes that arise from the darkness. They arise from the darkness, yeah? They, that's the Petri dish that they arise in. So what would be the answer? Find the light switch. Yeah. If you turned on the light in a room, would you need a map to the bathroom? You could see the door. <laughs> you could read the signs on the doors. Yeah. Would I have to have like a, like a preemptive written uh, apology to Tommy and whoever else I bumped into that, you know, in the dark? No. I wouldn't need that because I wouldn't bump into you anymore. I'd be able to see where I was going. This is exactly what it's like. Yeah? If what is inherently absent, which is you as an entity, is seemingly present, it produces all these effects. Yeah? Time, incredible. Anxiety about time. Because we're so absent now, we find more presence in our idea of being Paul in the past and the future. We're inherently so absent now as the mental idea of Paul, we find its presence in thinking about it in the past and the future. It appears more to be real in the past and the future than it actually does right this second. Yeah? So, to verify its, its presence, because its absence is always being revealed every moment, yeah? To verify its presence, it can't really be here. It's got to have our attention and interest there and then. Because where the attention and interest goes to is you, 
pictured as a body or having a body somewhere else at some other time. And so we breathe life into the absence and we make it seem to be presence, but not here, but in time, but in a mental realm. Yeah? In a mental realm, we can seem to be present because we think from the idea of being us and we're worrying about the idea of being us. Yeah? But are we that idea now? And who can help improve it? Ask yourself, who am I? Does anyone show up? Ask yourself, who am I? Who is this I? So if we're not the entity, let's say if there's three aspects that you could say are going on. There's the I, the you, yeah, and the me. There's three. I, you, me. Now, what would we call a you? An object, yeah? I can see it. I can touch it, yes? It's an object called a you. Now, what do we call the I? We call the I me. (laughs) There's, There's the dilemma, really. Yeah? We can't get rid of the I, and we can't really call it by its true name, because our whole idea of being Paul would be dismissed right then and there. So we have to bastardize the I and call it me. Yeah? Just like we bastardize the you and call it me. You know what I mean? In other words, people think they have a body. What is it that has the body? People don't usually say they're the body. They say they have a body. This is my body. Who is it that's the owner of the body when that statement's made? Who is it that's behind that statement when I have a body? Who is that that has the body? Who's the owner of the body? Who's the proprietor of it? Obviously, it's not, it's, not the, it's not the body because it believes it's leaving the body sooner or later. Yeah, It does. It's a tenant, or it's like the landlord, but it doesn't take itself to be the body. Yeah? What does it take itself to be? It doesn't take itself to be the eye. It takes the eye to be something it's doing. So if you think if you if you could see the eye, the manifestation of the eye would be in the seeing, the hearing, the feeling, the tasting, the touching. Yes, it would be in consciousness being in contact. So consciousness being in contact is is really what the eye represents. When you say I, I is the acknowledgement of awareness. Yeah, I am. Yeah? So there's an awareness that I am, and from that I am, I'm aware of. Things, feelings, thoughts, yes? I see things, I hear things, I feel things, I taste, I touch. The I, I see, feel, taste, touch. I. But how it's held when the mental process tries to take over it, it's me, yeah? As soon as the I is called me, the qualities of the body and the mental process is given to the I. So now the I is seen to be, it can be more conscious or less conscious. It could be loving or hating. Where the I isn't either or. The I is. The I is. It isn't either or. But when the I is turned into the me, which it can't be turned into, but it's taken to be the me by a mental process, then it becomes either or. Then instead of sensing consciousness as as a prior state, that can't be meddled with, in a way. It can't be added on to, and it can't be taken away from. It's not. It's like the sky. You're not going to take a chunk of sky out. When a plane's flying, the plane never calls the terminal and says, hey, I ran into a big chunk of sky. Hey, there's a big chunk of sky missing up here. Jesus Christ, I almost flew right into there. Yeah? You don't take a such thing. So this is, the, this is the solution, in a way. Consciousness. Consciousness. Yeah. As soon as it's me that's conscious, I can be. I can live as if I'm unconscious. To what consciousness? Yeah. Consciousness cannot live as if it's unconscious because its nature is consciousness. Yeah. It can't go against its nature. Just like awareness can't be unaware because its nature is awareness. 
Yeah? It doesn't have the opposite in its nature. It's not a mental butterfly like we are, which is either or, yes or no, which allows us to, our little story to fly in the mental realm of there and then. It's you ever see butterflies? Both wings are exact matches. It's like they were put together, yeah, and then suddenly they open up, and then <laughs> so there's like the oneness in a sense, the oneness of mind, and then it streams into duality, and then it can fly into this little dream world, yeah. Swatted and everything like that, landing on different things, desire and aversion and all like that, yeah? But here, consciousness, let's say, is a state, prior state. The MIDI claims it somehow, it's an amazing hijack, and now it becomes a condition, the state the me is in. I, I'm in a condition that I can be really conscious if I do what I think would produce me being really conscious. But on the other side, if I don't do that, I'll be really unconscious. <laughs> and which does it tend to sort of go on? I, I didn't do all the stuff I needed to be conscious, so therefore I am unconscious, yeah? This is unbelievable, isn't it? Consciousness is always available at all times. As soon as the me claims it, it becomes an activity that the me is doing. And therefore, consciousness is never going to be used to find consciousness. Because one of them, it's sort of like when they have well, the real consciousness stand up. You know, you see that show? The consciousness that you're going to be looking for ain't consciousness. It's an objectified idea. Yeah? So while, while it's like the Hawaiian poet was, well, he wasn't saying it last week. He was saying it a long time ago. A Zen master said, you can't use the Buddha to seek the Buddha. You can't use mind to seek mind. You can't use consciousness, yes, after it's seemingly been claimed by me to look for consciousness. Yeah. It's realizing you're not the me, that's consciousness. Yeah. The seeing, feeling, hearing, taste is exactly like it's always been. Seeing, hearing, feeling, tasting, smelling. Yeah. The difference is, it's not you anymore, seeing, hearing, feeling, tasting, smelling. And you know what? It never was you at any time, nor will it ever be you at any time. Yeah? That's the solution. The solution is, the seeming problem is impossible. It's truly an impossibility for mind to forget its own nature, which is mind. Or for awareness to forget its own nature, which is awareness. It's an impossibility. Yeah? So, the I, I would say, is that awareness or consciousness. The you is the body. And if you want to use it, for me, in a sense, it feels like the body is like a camera location for consciousness to come through. Yeah? To have what? Experiences. Of what? Things. Yeah? But what's experiencing the things truly isn't a thing but it has to experience through a thing. Yeah? This is what facilitates it. Or let's say it's its interface. Yeah? So if you took something from somewhere totally different, to be here would have to interface. There would have to be a sort of an access point. Yeah? Voila. Develop brain. Da, 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 yeah? So there's consciousness. Moving through this object. Yeah? Having experience, let's say. Now, when the object... The part of the object is the brain, when the brain has a mental process and decides that it's the one that's conscious, yeah? That it's the entity which is conscious, and that the entity is, has, the, has the, uh, the qualities of being a doer, and a haver, and the thinker, and the chooser, yes? It produces an, its own realm, where now it's responsible. Now it's the one that did it. Now it's the one that omitted to do it. Now it's this and that. And it produces tons of mental effects. All guilt and shame rests on the branch of doership. All guilt and shame. No matter how, how justified the guilt is. You know, I had all this money and I swore for years when I got this money I was going to give my mother some of it. And I drove right by her house on the freeway with a pound of coke going out to the hamburgers. <laughs> and she never saw a freaking cent of that money. Now, I cannot get out of that conviction. Can't. Not in the mental courts. No fucking way. Not as a me. No way. I don't care if I went to 50 years of therapy in my gut 
in my little conditional gut that was wrong and there's never a way you can write it. Yeah? The thing is, when it leaves the court of mind and goes into the court of light, the whole thing is forgiven in a sense because it actually never happened. Not in a way to get out of responsibility, but in actuality, that it actually never happened. Yeah? So guilt and shame, always the sense of doership, always. Why would you want to get into all the consequential trimmings of an activity that's been glommed on by the mental process to suck its ore out of it, which is self-obsession, by guilt and shame, pride, whatever it is, whatever it's mining out of whatever it takes advantage of, forget about it. Forget about the activity of the mining. Go to the, go to where, from when, from whence it came. If it's not so, these consequences won't be as consequential. The farther away from their little imaginary source, the lighter they are. They can't hold the form. They can't hold the whack. They can't. They don't have a charge anymore. Yeah? The whole electrical system, the whole grid was cut off at the source. I'm not that. Yeah. You know, you can you can try to work hard and you know take out all the bulbs, but the the electricity is still on. There'll be another bulb that will go in there, and it'll be just as bright as the other one. And you just you know, so we're getting things. I can't just can't. Yeah. I, when I heard this, it was the last answer. I haven't had a new one, another one since. And I was looking for a lot of answers out there. This one stopped me in my tracks. Why? Because it's the, for me, it's the last answer. It was like an unspoken yes. Why go anywhere else? Why go down the tributaries of mind and get into the consequential level of who did this to that and this and that? It's all... It's all flowing from one source, the identification as a long-lasting, independent, separate entity, and all the made-up attributes that long-lasting, independent, separate entity has. The attitude, at, you know, the, at, the thing of choice, the thing of doership, yes? All of it. You're not going to be able to shake off its effects as the thing that's being affected, or the source of the effects, Yeah. A snake never molts its own skin. Circumstances and situations do. Then the skin falls off. Yeah? Self isn't going to get out of self. But if you're not that, that's the experience of being out of it. It's as simple as that. Yeah? Then it can appear that you're in it, but you'll be living as if you're out of it. People, a lot of people are trying to have it appear like they're out of it, but they're living in it. <laughs> <laughs> but they want everyone else to think they're being, they're appearing to be out of it, but they're actually living in it. <laughs> so I don't know, you know, this is a, a humble little invitation with the hopes that I have faith in mind. I have total faith in mind. I've been exploring this thing. Uh, I've been, uh, won't go there right now. Like in recovery, recovery describes something. Let's say people who are really in the throes of addiction and alcoholism, they actually don't know what's going on. Really, they don't. Right? They're like in a the tumble part of a dryer, yeah? <laughs> They're just getting thrown around. Their mind's coming up with a lot of ideas, but really nothing stops the dryer and they don't get spit out. Really, it's just, they get tumbled all over the place, yeah? Then you come in and then you read a simple book and you hear people share, and the book illuminates uh, some of the particulars of the disease, yeah? Like, any life run on self-will will not be successful. Pretty big statement. Self is what has defeated us. Yeah? If you're not freed of resentment, they'll kill you. It's the major kill of most alcoholics. All this stuff. So, here you are. You have all these consequences, and you're all these particulars. 
Yet, if the attention would leave there and go to these statements, you would see how many of these particulars would would fall into this statement. Yeah, you would see. Oh, any life going on self will. Oh, I made a decision based on self that put me in a position to be hurt. Oh, yeah. And instead of having the attention on the consequential level, you bring it back to the principles or the descriptions of the problem. Let's say act of addiction. Yeah. When you get the when they're like templates, so you put them on your life, and then you see a pattern. Oh, oh, yeah. So that's what was going on. As soon as you see the pattern, the pattern doesn't point to the consequences, it points back to the spiritual solutions that are the remedy, so to speak, to the pattern. Yeah? So, okay. A great statement is, why do you have so much fear today? Now, most people could tell you why. I mean, if you had that in a book, it would be like 8,000 pages after it of people's stories why they have fear. <laughs> I mean, people have a lot of reasons why they think they have fear. He makes a very simple statement. Isn't it because self-reliance has failed you? Like five, five six words. Not 8,000 descriptions of the fear and what happened in the fear and the fear, my fear, my, you know. It's just, no, you want to know why you're feeling like this now? It's because of this. Wait a minute, I'm feeling it because of this. No, maybe look back and see that also fits in here. But what about this? That also fits in here. Oh, what about that also fits in here? Uh, that, this is like one size fits all, yeah? And you're like, oh, so self-reliance has failed you. What does that mean? That you're special? That self-reliance, you're the only one that's ever failed? And it failed, and you're the, it's, it's so personal, no one thinks like you, no one feels like you. It's a very, it's like God vindictively punishing you, you know? Self-reliance works very well, but it failed for you? No. It says, self-reliance failed you, yeah? So why not take it in this view? It's a failed system. Yeah? It's a failed system. Now, once a failed system, always a failed system. What blinds you to that is the hope that it may not be someday. Yeah? Or like it says in recovery, we are under the main delusion that if we could only manage better, everything would go great. <laughs> We're just not managing good enough. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. so, yeah. Self-reliance has failed you. Sit with it. Yeah. Things will come up. You'll see. You'll see a whole new information will download based on your story. And it will ding, 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 ding. And now the lights are going on. Alright, self-reliance has failed us. Alright, so what's the center of the system called self-centeredness? Self. Alright. Go to the dictionary. Look up the word self. See it, really. Go to the dictionary. Look up spirit. There's like one definition. Look up the word self. Then they have like 98 things. There's self with a hyphen, and there's self-destruction, self-love, self-justification, self-self-self-self-self-self-self. So once self is in place, what does it do? Manifest. Yeah? What are those things after the hyphen? Just aspects of the manifestation of self, right? If you see self, hyphen this, you know, self-destruction, what is it? It's a manifestation of self, isn't it? 98, I think there's 98 of them in the dictionary. 98. And that's just touching the, you know, there's subdivisions of all of them, and different degrees. Yeah? Really, isn't it? You're really self-hating or you're a little self-hating? You're really self-destructive, you got a great story of your bottom, you're a little self-destructive. But it's just all, it's just, it's like riffing on an idea because the Petri dish is taken to be so. The darkness is there, and now it's spawning all these ideas. Yes? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they seem to have reality. To who? The sense of being a you. They don't have any reality to what's outside the Petri dish. Only what's in the Petri dish is getting affected by the Petri dish. Yeah? So, you see this, all right? 90 forms of... 90 manifestations or expressions of self. The book says, hey, be convinced that self manifested in various ways. Look at the dictionary. The good and bad parts of it is what has defeated us, yeah? The good and bad. Self-love defeats you also in a lot of ways. So here it is. Jesus Christ. Doesn't that save you a lot of time? 
You just sit there with that statement, Jesus. The inconvenient self manifested in various ways is what defeated us. So I would say us and self are different, you know? Ask yourself a simple question. All right. What self defeated me? And you would answer it as myself, 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 myself. What's the one constant in all those defeats? Not the self, but also, more importantly, the my. Yeah? The my. The act of being identified as the self is what allows it to defeat me. Yeah? There's got to be a me to be defeated. Yeah? There has to be a self to be defeated by self. Self can't drive the non-self crazy. It can only drive the selfing crazy. <laughs> You've never been driven crazy ever in your life. All you are is the seeing of it. Yeah? Not the observing of it, the seeing of it. Self, <laughs> what better way to be driven crazy than by, it's like a puppy running after its own tail, you know? It doesn't think that it's the tail, does it? Obviously, it wouldn't be running after its own tail. It probably thinks it's something else, I would imagine, yeah? So it keeps running after its tail. It doesn't put it together that the tail is supposedly him. Same thing with aspects of selfing. The selfing is attacking itself, yeah? And then there's a feeling that I'm the one who's being attacked, which is selfing. The feeling of being the one that's attacked by self is selfing also, yeah? This isn't about it's going to get great for you. It's when you lose interest in the you, that's when it's great. As soon as the you arises again, I want it to be great. I want to be there when it gets good. It's not usually that good when you get there. <laughs> it's usually pretty disappointing, isn't it? <laughs> so you can't get out of self. Self ain't going to transcend self. How could a product of a mental process ever leave the process that's making it? <laughs> it doesn't exist anywhere else. This isn't something that's solid and so it's made up. It's constantly being made up every day. Yeah. It's an appearance. An appearance isn't so, it appears, yeah? It appears. Without the light, without certain conditions and circumstances, it wouldn't appear. So the feeling of being self wouldn't appear without the self in. The selfing produces the feeling of being a self. Yeah? If the selfing would stop, really stop, just like people, some people get extreme damage in their brain. The brain, the part that's producing the self, gets hurt so bad that they don't have a self. So they're with their family that they used to be married to and, and they don't know who they are anymore. They haven't had, don't have any stories with them, they don't have any feeling or memories about them. The thing that can conjure up the self, the self thing, isn't working. And they take pictures of the brain, and that area is firing, trying to build another self. Yeah? It's selfing like crazy to try to re-knit a story to make sense of everything. Yeah? But the lady's totally, it's gone. Yeah? Yet she, or whatever that is, isn't gone. So what happens when something stops? What is it that continues? I mean, the feelings that produce, or the thoughts that produce a depression, if they can produce such a depression, those thoughts must have been seen so clearly. You must have gobbled every bit of information they were implying up, yeah? The clarity of mind is what makes confusion seem so freaking real. I hear people, they can describe exquisitely how fucked they are. They can describe it perfectly, how fucked they are. Why seeing that to be able to describe so perfectly how fucked you are? That must be a really clear part of mind that can describe so beautifully or see so clearly something that has such an impact that you feel solely, totally fucked. Yeah? 
But instead of being the object that's fucked, just acknowledge that beauty of mind that never veers, never, never not, it's never not clear, it's never not aware, it's never not opened, it's never not bright, it's never not empty. It can't go against its own nature. There's an aspect to it. We're, we're a manifestation. It's occurring through this. We can sense it. Yeah, we, have the, we have the ability to sense the presence of what can't be seen. Yeah. So in recovery, I want to bring it back. Simple statement. Some people I... Are, are here in recovery. Very important statement to me in the book. Uh, there's a lot of them, but the one about being convinced that self manifested in various ways is what has defeated us. That is an extreme statement. Yeah, it's basically making it's it's. It's shrinking the view down to very specifics of what actually is happening in a life of an alcoholic or an addict. Being convinced means to believe with certainty that self manifested in all these ways. Just look at some of them with the hyphen in the dictionary. Look up self with a hyphen. Yeah, self-pity, self-this, self-love, all that. Self manifested in various ways is what has defeated us. And really, you can basically boil down the defeat to the forgetfulness of your own nature. Yeah. When you're obsessed with the idea of being a self, you must be in forgetfulness of your own nature, or you couldn't be you couldn't believe it. You couldn't get totally engaged with it, yeah, with the remembrance of your own nature. So part and parcel of the total obsession with self, there must be a forgetting of your own nature. Yeah? What would happen if there would be a remembering, of, not a remembering of your own nature, but an acknowledgement of your own nature? I would bet you would start forgetting self. Yeah, like St. Francis says, it's in self-forgetting that you're reborn. So if you see, everything is conversed, yeah? So if you're totally obsessed with self, you must be denying something else. There's got to be an active denial of your own nature to be obsessed and taking yourself to be another nature. You couldn't have an acknowledgement of this and do that at the same time. So the other way is, alright, if I'm obsessed with self, what would happen if I did certain things that caused me to lose interest in self? I would I would lose interest in that and then I would remember or sense the other. I would sense the presence when my false presence was absent. I won't sense the presence when the false presence is taken to be real. Yeah? This has to be absent. That's why people walk throughout the whole day not sensing the presence of whatever they want to call God or higher power. If God is everywhere, how can we not be bumping into it during the day? Yeah? How can we not feel its influence during the day? We have to be in a very extreme denial of it. Yeah? To take ourselves to be the enchilada, the, the alpha and the omega, the ending, you know, the big, you know, the end all and the be all. Yeah, it has to be. There's, there's here in manifestation, it's a dualistic movement. Yeah, so there's an acknowledgement of something. There must be a denial of the other. Yeah, it doesn't. It's not just all acknowledgement. It's also both. There's acknowledgement and denial. Just like people are thinking they're moving towards things, but they're usually moving away from something. There's an idea or a belief that they don't want to fit, so they get into this, yeah? Just like seeking, the purpose is you think you're going to find, but it's basically to keep what's not hidden, hidden, by looking for it, yeah? If something was obviously available at all times, the best way to hide it would be to start looking for it. (laughs) Yeah? I mean, if I started looking for it, then what was obvious wouldn't be obvious. <laughs> yeah? Oh, I don't know, maybe my logic is crazy, but that's how it seems to me. I mean, I look at it and I just go, well, yeah, when, I, when I'm really looking, I can't see. I'm blind to what's seen by looking for it. Like, and we read a statement by Hank Poe, I think, last week, where he says, 
The act of blindness is looking for it. <laughs> That's how you live in an activity of blindness, by looking for it. Yeah. John, we're just talking about mind, yes? Because obviously mind, if you follow back all the mental processes, it must lead to from its source, which is mind. Not the mental process, but mind. Yeah? If you bring the experience back, as far as you can bring back, there's always sort of like a, an awareness that precedes everything else, yeah? Like this, have a thought, there must be a seeing of it, yeah? To have a feeling, there must be the seeing of the feeling, yeah? As far as you go back, let's say for me, there's always a sound in my head, yeah? All the time. Like music, in a sense, yeah? Maybe it's that ear disease, tinnitus. I don't know. I, I, I'd rather call it music. The, I, the music of the spheres, it just may be an ear disease. It doesn't matter because it's always on, yeah? As long as I'm physically on, it's on when I'm sleeping, it's on. It's like a buzz, yes? And it's, it's trippier than breath and everything because breath goes into movement. Inhale, exhale. This doesn't have any movement. It doesn't... It's just the same... You know, sometimes it changes a little, but it's the undercurrent is just on. Onness, yeah? For that onness to be noted, what is noting that onness? It comes before all sounds. When there's other sounds... When those sounds diminish, the bottom line sound is always there. Yeah? It's almost like the sound of silence. It always precedes everything else. Taking it back as far as I can take it back, what is that 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 hears that sound? What is hearing that sound that comes before my breath, comes before any thoughts about me, yeah? Comes before... And when the feeling of me isn't even there, when I'm deep, when I'm in sleep, it's there all the time. Yes. What's that? That's hearing it. What's that? That's aware of it. Nice question to sit with. It can't be you because you appear way after it. You are the one who thinks it's hearing the sound, but the sound was prior to even that. Yeah. What's hearing, and hearing is a form of seeing, what's seeing everything? What's aware of everything? Is it you? If it's you, how could you be unaware? Or it's, it's awareness has its own nature, and it doesn't have a nature of a mental process. It doesn't have a nature that's made up by an idea. It has its own nature. Yeah, it's aware of, and it can become aware of the most subtle things, like an underlying hum in someone's life, just like it can be aware of a siren. Yeah, and let's say other sounds can take its take its attention. But when the sounds diminish, which they all do, it's right, that sound is still there. Yet what's more constant than that hum is what's aware of the hum. Yeah. What's that? Are we going to call that a quality that we have? That we, we're prior to that and we can do that? Yeah. When we can't even digest our own food, we believe we're the one that's hearing that? When you hear, if your ear is pointing in some way, you're going to hear everything. Where's the choice in that? Oh, I didn't want to hear that. I'm going to cut out a little uh, Mercedes beeps today. I don't want to hear any Mercedes beeps. Oh, man, I don't want to hear any Mercedes beeps today. Yeah? Yeah, we believe we're the doer and the chooser. Yeah? Yet isn't attention and interest, isn't awareness flooding out and, and information coming back in? like open gates, and yet we have this one little selfish citadel of being the doer, and the haver, and the volitioner, and the chooser. I'm choosing these thoughts. No, you're not. You're seeing them. You're not choosing any freaking thought. You're seeing thoughts. And if if the seeing of the thoughts is taken as a seer, then all these concepts and all these conditional thoughts arise. They, they hark it up as soon as seeing becomes the seer. Yeah? Because now the seer gives meaning to what's seen. Instead of the seeing being the meaning. The seer gives meaning to what's seen. That's where all the thoughts arise. They're all conditional possibilities. 
One thing, one thing gets engaged, the context gets claimed, I'm the doer, I'm the haver, the thought system kicks on. Floods you with old ideas and old thoughts. And every one of them is held as yours. And every one held by as yours or as mine is a, is a form of bonding. You're now bonded to that thought. Now you're going to have a reaction. You'll be guilty of it, or you'll be proud of it. You'll have another reaction to every feeling. I shouldn't have felt that way. And so on and so forth. As soon as the activity of life is claimed by the selfing, it geometrically progresses. More thoughts, more claims. Blah, 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 blah. And then the space is filled with just miscellaneous meaning all day. Mountains are made out of molehills. Things are made inappropriately huge. And things that are really important are shrunk down to mean nothing. It's just fucking living like in a kaleidoscope. <laughs> you know, just going crazy. Yeah. Why not get to the first, first thought? Why not get to the first oldest idea? The idea of being you. Why not get to the biggest meaning that's been given to anything here in the mind? Me. Go to that. Yeah, and follow that to its source because all comes from mind. All comes from mind. Yeah, every trail, if you follow back, will take you to the same place. Not to you, not to what you call me, but to the I. Yeah, and if the I is looking now, out of all these camera locations, it's the same I. It doesn't have attributes or qualities. It acquires them moving through this, the body, yes, and the brain, but it doesn't have any of its own, except of its own awareness. So if you can call emptiness a quality. So instead of dropping the rock in recovery, just realize there's no one that's holding it. <laughs> What seems to be holding it isn't you. There's no need to drop it. It's much faster. Tell you the truth. Because if you drop something, you'll believe you can pick it up. You'll, you'll have volition in both, you know. I dropped it. I turned it over. I'll take it back. Yes. <laughs> it's inevitable. If it's you that turned it over, you'll take it back. Tell me. It can't swing only one way. It's determined by its opposite. Yes? It can't, you can't get out of the yes, no, here, there, close, far, connected, disconnected. You can't. If you're the enjoyer of the connectedness, you're going to be enjoying in a different way the disconnectedness. Like it would be called suffering. But there's the enjoyer and the sufferer. Yeah? You think there are two aspects, but the one is the same. To have her, yeah. And I'm just saying, maybe you're not that. If you're not that, maybe you'll travel lighter here. If you travel lighter here, you'll lose interest in a lot of shit. If you lose interest in a lot of shit, you'll gain interest in other things. Maybe one of those things you'll gain interest in is in no things. Maybe you'll have the eye to see the presence or the space of where you are. Maybe you'll get the intimation of mind, and mind alone is what you are, your own nature. Yeah have a huge uh, impact here on you and others yeah? and you don't even need to know if it's having an impact or not because you'll be released from the need to be liberated <coughs> the self is the only thing that needs liberation really did you need liberation when you were a kid you were in an abusive situation you weren't studying you know, meditation retreats or reading scriptures were you you were present because your mind hadn't, hadn't come up with the idea it could be somewhere else. <laughs> you hadn't, hadn't developed selfing enough yet. Really. That's why you're having such a pistol. <laughs> you know, really. Because you couldn't think, oh, I should be doing more or better. I remember what happened. I used to love my best friend and I went to school and the kids in my school thought he was an asshole so I dropped him. Yeah? <laughs> I did. Wayne Griffith. He was a really nice kid. I played with him for years. He went to public school, I went to Catholic school, all the like, Catholic buddies. Ah, oh, you hanging out with Wayne? <laughs> That's gotta stop. <laughs> there goes Wayne, bye bye. Seriously. 
I played with him two years straight every day. <laughs> with like 13 army men underneath a crab apple tree in my backyard. We were inseparable. <laughs> really. I mean, we just hung out all the time. Oh, he's an asshole. It's not cool, Paul. Okay, I'm just gotta do whatever. They'll find out I'm not cool. No. <laughs> you grew into it, yeah, didn't you? You grew into this headspace. If you did, then you can grow out of it. If you grew into something, you can grow out of it. If you're not that, you can be free of it. If you are that, you're going to be free as it, which won't work. Has it? No. You can't become free as it. That's not its nature. Its nature isn't to be free. Its nature is to be bound, in a sense. It has to be bound to an idea. But then as soon as you're not that, you can entertain being free of it. And I'll tell you, that freedom may manifest in incredible ways. You won't imagine how, how it will look. You'll have to find out. But it's, it starts a ball rolling. It sets things in motion. And uh, you get economized and pared down and stripped a lot, really. The traveling lighter. You're not producing as much friction in your life yet. You know, as you're moving through these unseen waters smoother, not leaving much of a thing in the back, you know, just traveling lighter. It's amazing how much effect you can have on others when you don't care about having an effect on them. Really. It's incredible how much you can be used here when you don't view yourself as a tool. (laughs) You just sort of like lose interest in it all and then things happen. So, alright. That's that. Any questions? Sorry I didn't get here earlier. We're here every Saturday.